like my brain started frying when I heard that one. Oh yeah. Well, your holidays for your past clients because they're in the past mm. and we don't give a shit about past clients. It's almost as stupid as when people say you have to treat your business like a business. Oh, thanks for that one. I'm glad I came to the seminar. <laughs> Welcome back to The Walkthrough, where we walk you through this week's trending topics in real estate. I am your co-host, moderator, and captain of BAM, not a big deal, Dan O'Neill. And as I am now the official conductor of the show, I have, as per usual, assembled the A-team with me today. Joining me, as always, is my handsome, tanned, standing eight feet, four inches tall, just days away from his wedding, my co-host, Eric, the broke agent, Simon. Eric, how are you today? I am fantastic. I'm at my parents' house in Tucson, Arizona. It is nostalgic. It's bringing back memories. The grass is right there. That's where I used to hit chip shots, throw the football around with my dad, throw catch, walk frizzles, my old shih tzu. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling comfortable. I'm going to get a nice tan after this. Got the wedding in four days. A little stressed, but, you know, this yeah. is what we do at BAM. We make it work. It's my wedding week, and I'm still here doing the walkthrough. I have a broken back. Uh, I have my, my L7 is torn, uh, and I'm still here, but that's what we do. So make sure you let Byron know that we're doing a good job uh, in the comments here. I am also joined today by returning hot take guest, an absolute fan favorite. I don't know if we've had anybody more requested to come back on the show, dripping from head to toe, and probably Peter Millar with over one Guilty. million. With one billion. <laughs> yes, that's B in billion with the sales. Mr. Andrew Undum from Baltimore, Maryland. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing great. Look, it's so good to be back. It feels good to be seen and it's great to be wanted. I'm not going to come up with any excuses like you guys do for my performance, my back, my wedding. Because where I'm from, we tend to notice people who overcome obstacles rather than those with legitimate excuses. Thank you. Thanks for having me. But <laughs> joining us, lastly, a very, very special guest, the founder, the CEO of Coffee and Contracts, Miss Haley Ingram. Haley, I love you. I mean, welcome to the show. We'll put that on. The <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm humbled to be here with you guys. Today, we are talking social media myths, how we use AI <laughs> in our business, what is going too far with it, marketing tools with the best ROI, and much, much more. But before we do, Mr. Simon, for the last time as a single man, would you please share a word from our sponsors? I would love to, Dan. The Walkthrough Podcast is presented by Keeping Current Matters, your go-to source for the insights and content you need to be the marketing expert. KCM is the best in the biz at taking the latest housing data and curating it into powerful visuals and marketing content for video and social media that helps you look great and gives you tons of value to your clients and prospects. Andrew, you use KCM. At a time when the market's changing and consumers are asking questions most agents don't know the answer to, KCM makes it easy to build your brand as the market expert. Check out trykcm.com forward slash BAM so you can master the market and your marketing today. KCM. This guy is good. All right. Make Dialed. sure to throw us a like here. Make sure to throw us a comment. Congratulate Eric. Maybe wish him luck because there's about 0% chance this kid keeps a straight face when he sees me when he's up on the altar giving his vows. Yeah, you better be in the bathroom during, during the entire ceremony because if I lock eyes with you once, I will lose my mind. <laughs> All right. Make sure to throw us a like and comment here. On to topic number one, an article from HubSpot. This will be in the show notes. Four AI controversies marketers and brands should avoid. Artificial intelligence is a hot topic, and recent study shows over 61% of marketers have used AI in the marketing activities. Shocker. By now, you've probably heard all the ways AI can assist you in crafting and executing your marketing strategy, but are there any drawbacks, and where do we draw the line in the sand? There are obviously a ton of pros to using AI in your business. One helpful aspect of AI is that it can automate repetitive parts of the marketing process, such as task automation, data analysis, and campaign personalization. Automating the above tasks allow marketers to spend more time crafting their strategies, brainstorming content, and finding new ways to connect with consumers. But, and this is a major but, there are also cons. AI can't replace the human connection. AI predictions and analysis can sometimes be wrong, and they require huge sets of data and human intervention, and AI lacks human creativity. The article will be in the description, description 
But essentially, we all know AI is good to use to automate aspects of business and help with content much, much more. But some agents are going too far. For example, I just put in an offer. I've been talking back and forth with the agent, and I could tell I was talking to some sort of bot. Uh, and even more so, I knew that because I could see on the, the agent's Instagram story that the guy was in Jamaica. So Haley, I'll start with you because I know that you are a big proponent of ChatGPT. <laughs> How is it helping you in your business? And where do you think the line in the sand is? I love it. I I mean, I think you just, you really have to like use it just for brainstorming or rewording things or like you shouldn't use it just completely for whatever you're coming up with. You still have to like touch it up and make it human. Um, I sent Eric something the other day, like an email that um, I was working on and just like to send like from my business to another business. And he was like, yeah, I mean, that sounds a little robotic, but so you definitely just have to change things and make it more human. Um, but I love to use it for brainstorming and then just like coming up with headlines, like little things, but not like the entire content, if that makes sense. Yeah. Andrew, how are you using AI in your business? I mean, much like Haley, I think it's such a great tool that just helps you spark some creativity. If you have an idea, it can kind of get the juices flowing. It reminds me like back in the day when you had to know arithmetic and then we just use your calculator, right? And then with Google, you have the entire history of human, you know, the human race. You can just Google, what, what year did that happen? It's an evolution of what's going on and just like the human race. And it's, it's crazy to not try to take advantage of it, but I just feel like mm -hmm. it's that next step in the evolution of, of how we're going to operate in this world. And a guy I respect a lot, Ray Dalio, who's the founder of Bridgewater, one of the largest hedge funds in the country. He had a great little one minute, 50 second clip on this. If you Googled Ray Dalio chat GPT and essentially he, he kind of came to the conclusion that this just continues to elevate us and we have no idea how it's going to continue to be used. But for me now, much like most people, and I'm an avid follower of coffee and contracts and you guys do awesome marketing, it's, it can be used to spark the creativity. That's all I really use it for. And um, then you put your own personal touch on it and your personal brand and how you see the world. And I think that's how most people should be using it. Um, I know your, your friend Byron might end up calling it a contagion. He, everything's a contagion with the guy. This might end up being another contagion that we fall into the trap. But as long as you use it to get your juices flowing, I'm in. I'm in on ChatGPT and AI. Eric, aside from everything, uh, how else are you using uh, ChatGPT? Have you written an article lately or are you just using it to spark ideas, to conjure up content? How are you using it? Yeah, I wrote my vows with ChatGPT, actually. So don't tell Anne. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this episode. Now, I use it like Haley does. I use it to spark ideas. For instance, for Coffee and Contracts, for our March content blog, I typed in the prompt, what are some good real estate content ideas around St. Patty's Day? And then it said something about bars. It didn't give me the exact sort of content, but it sparked my creative juices to be like, oh, this is the perfect thing. We could do green screen videos around going to bars for St. Patty's Day, like mm -hmm. I mentioned in the last walkthrough. So it's not going to give you exactly what you want. You're always going to have to tailor, um, you know, tailor it to your own voice, but it definitely helps spark ideas. I've been using AI, not just ChatGPT, but I've been using it with mini chat. And Haley, I saw you mm -hmm. just did this with Coffee and Contracts. This is the best yeah. AI tool that agents can use on Instagram and Facebook. So what mini chat mm -hmm. does is, I don't know if, You've seen it on the Broke Agent page or the Coffee and Contracts page. But if I say comment the word boom, if you want to attend an Instagram seminar, everybody comments the word boom. And then this chat bot replies to all those comments saying there's a link in your DMs. And then in that link, you send them the actual link to the webinar or to MailChimp or whatever you want to do. So this gets the comments popping on your posts is a great way to promote something without actually publishing an actual link. So I've been using mini chat for that. I would highly recommend doing that in Instagram stories and in your actual feed. But as this article says, it says that it lacks, you know, human creativity. It lacks the actual responses that I would get if give if I'm DMing people. And I have noticed that with mini chat that you can't, you know, see all the messages coming through, right? So if someone messages me saying, okay, boom, then I send them the actual Zoom link then they say, is this being recorded? I don't have a response yet for that. So you still have to provide that human touch. Anytime you're using any of these mini chats or AI bots, make sure you look at the conversation afterwards so you're not like missing things in the weeds so that your customers actually see there's a human behind this. You're not just pumping out AI stuff. That's a great mm -hmm. point, Eric. And that's actually something that's very actionable right now. Business Insider said that this 
ChatGPT or AI will replace software engineers, data analysis, advertising, journalism, paralegals, teachers, financial <laughs> analysts, and accountants. Ch they're saying AI will replace accountants. That is insane. My accountant calls me 10 times a day. Do you guys <laughs> think that AI can pot? Like, is that possible? I mean, I guess down the line, right? Anything is, anything is possible, but I, it just, I don't think it replaces that human interaction. Like you said, Eric. Look, when you have big life decisions to make, whether it's accounting, financial planning, if you're going to be a, a student in a teacher relationship, there's so much more than just lines of code. It's so much more than just, here's a, a verbal synopsis of what we're going over. So I wholeheartedly believe all it's going to do is just elevate our thinking. And another thing I'm using it for is to make sure when I'm coming to a conclusion, like, hey, our interest rate's going to go up. Ask ChatGPT, what's the argument for interest rates going up? Okay, what's the counter argument to that? And then I just keep typing in more more, mm. more. And then you can take yeah. <laughs> your life experiences in and say, based on what I heard, I agree with point one, three, and seven. Don't really like two. And um, that's just kind of how, how I'm rolling with it. I just think it's going to make everybody better. It's going to make the CPA better. It's going to make the teacher better. It's going to make the financial planner better if you're going to lean in and use it as part of that evolutionary process on how to elevate yourself in whatever uh, profession you're in. Uh, another important important, important point this article made. It said, my Invisalign is still in. 53% of consumers cut spending after one bad experience with a business. So if you have an AI bot that is either, either delivering the wrong message or is not engaging with the people after the fact, people will not work with you anymore. So I thought that was just really interesting. 53%, that could apply to real estate agents too. If you have one bad interaction with someone. So if you have not just a mini chat bot, but maybe it's an Instagram automatic reply or it's an automatic reply to a lead, uh, through like an email drip campaign or something like that, and they have a bad experience, 53% of those people will not work with you. So it should definitely not replace most of your communication. Andrew, have you ever actually used ChatGPT? Yeah, I just told you, I type more all the time. More. Give me more. Yeah. More, yeah what, more. Website, what website do you go to to use ChatGPT? OpenAI. Okay. Uh, oh, ooh, that's damn, you got it. Yeah, he got you. Yep. So you got to take right. everything Andrew says with a grain of salt. Cause he, I know. Like, uh, <laughs> I know. Everything, uh, what's that comedian on TikTok? That's uh, Theo Vaughn. How he always yeah. had like a crazy story from like his sixth grade that he just completely makes up on the spot. Exactly. Andrew yeah. is the exact same way. It's and the it's best so compliment cool. I've ever got. Mm. Theo Vaughn's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the uh, sixth grade, I had a buddy named Timmy. He actually invented Chat GPT. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that is old news, guys. This came out in November. Yeah. And by the way, great stat on 53%. That's so earth shattering. Flip a coin, something might happen. Um, hey, anyway. welcome. Providing <laughs> further context to the article. Well, all right. Let us know if you're using uh, AI or chat should be in the comments. Let us know if there's anything that we missed. On to topic number two, debunked six social media myths that can hinder your 2023 growth. This is from Inman and will be in the show notes. I'm just going to summarize a, a couple of the points here that they made that stuck out to me because I'm the moderator, so I can do that. Number one, believing that more is always better. So one of the biggest mistakes that real estate agents and brokers make is thinking that the more content they produce, the better the results will be. However, this might not always be the case. Number two is Damn. not. As the co-moderator, do you mind if we break down each one so we don't read all six of them and then break them down afterwards? I would, I would love to do that, especially because this one sticks out to me the most because you mm -hmm. and I have this conversation all the time where you tell me I need to post more on my yep. feed. But at the same time, I feel as if I do a pretty good job on stories and so on and so forth. And I just when people post too much or too often, not you, right? Because your content is is different. But for the the everyday agent, I would say, when people are posting every single day and it's kind of like the same style video, it's an educational video, they're standing there, they got the same captions, I scroll right past it. I I, I don't look at it. But when somebody like a Matt Leonetti or, or Andrew or Haley posts, like, you know, even if it's once a week, twice a week, I'm sitting there scrolling and actually engaging and watching it. Yeah, I, I agree with Haley you on that. I, yeah, Haley, take it away because <laughs> I struggle with this. I always know, am I doing too much? Am I not yeah. doing enough? I, I feel like me and Eric kind of have differing opinions on this, but I think it's just different too. like with the broke agent style of content, like putting out memes is like, you know, people just, you know, eat those up. You can post like three memes a day. But when it comes to like the content that like I post or like someone who's trying to like provide like some sort of education or value of some sort, I feel like 
I, I don't know. I just feel like it works for me and my audience loves it. It's like having like extremely value packed posts that like I spent hours on and posting like two of those a week. I don't post more than like two to three times a week, sometimes like once a week. And then I, like you said, Dan, I like to like hop on stories and that's where I'm like doing day to day stuff. And I feel like that's where I see the most success. If I try to do too much, then the value just isn't there. It's so hard to have really good value and post like every single day of the week. Um, so I definitely prioritize value over quantity. Yeah. Sometimes I feel I've heard someone say more isn't better. More is just more. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's chat GPT, right? More, more, more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's is what I do on chat GPT. Always ask for more. But I was just having a conversation with our marketing team because I have so much content in the can just from over the years and all this stuff. And I had you see this whiteboard show and I'm like, should I go back and chop all this up and do like 10x the output? Like what Alex Hormozzi has been on um, on air saying that quite a bit. My grand card, own 10x everything and you'll get 10x the output. I just don't want to be that annoying guy who's just doing it to do it, to pump the content if it's not like Haley said, value packed. When you say something, you want it to be impactful. And then, of course, the stories. I like to get a couple stories going every day. I don't think those get old because those are just, you're just living. I call that flash of inspiration. When I want to say something, I'm going to pick up the phone and say it. Like on the way down here, I was beating my chest, right, Dan? I was dying laughing. I was showing my girlfriend that, yeah, I was dying. This guy was like a Wolf of Wall Street pump up. Got to play Well, I do think. Sorry, go ahead, Haley. Sorry. Um, I was going to say, I mean, I. I think about it in terms of like, like you said, chopping up like a big piece of content, which I think is great. And there is value in like something just like a short little like takeaway from a clip. You know what I mean? But I think it's just like, like you said, you have a ton of content. If you can like hire someone to chop it up and then post it and it's like people are getting good insight from it, then that's awesome. But like for the average agent or um, someone who doesn't have like all that, that library of content built up, then I feel like just focus on providing value first rather than just like throwing things out just to post them. Yeah. I've, but the more you can do the better. Yeah. yeah. I I've kind of reversed my position on this. So I was with the Grant Cardone's and the Hormozies and the Gary V's Gary V talks about posting five or six TikToks a day. He's posting five or six Instagrams a day, just an output that is completely unsustainable. And even with the, the broke agent, it's been, sorry, my, doorbells ring in here i think we just got a <laughs> delivery for for our wedding mom some, and dad's some ranch, house some ranch waters some tequila sodas um i've noticed on my account the more i'm posting now the less engagement i'm getting and i used to have like this very strict prescription that i literally almost wrote for myself it was two to three feed posts a day eight to 15 instagram stories every single day no matter what and my growth was absolutely skyrocketing now with the oversaturation of Instagram, not that it wasn't oversaturated a couple of years ago, but now I feel like every guru and every person was like, you got to put out 10 pieces a day. You got to put out 10 pieces a day that people were listening. And now everybody's putting out that much content that you're right. It, it waters it down. So mm-hmm. I think the value pack posts, the green screens, the slideshows, go to the coffee and contracts Instagram right now. Every Instagram post that's on there is like Haley said, it must've taken 45 minutes to an hour because it's seven swipers in one it's literally a blog post with a value-packed caption and it's beautiful so, too it's just like yeah looks oh, so thank you. It, it's fantastic thank the aesthetic you. of the coffee and contracts feed is is phenomenal so oh, i am reversing you. my course on this you shouldn't be posting two or three times a day on your instagram you should pull back a little bit because that sort of content grind is completely unsustainable and you get content burnout like i when i put that on myself to do two or three memes a day where i, I mean i can't come up with new content <laughs> after a while like that's an insane amount you know yeah. so i i think that the the more value back pack post the better just like matt leonetti you look forward to his post once a week you look forward to the mm-hmm. dan o'neill post andrew when you post like that vlog you did with ryan serhan i watched all 13 minutes of that that was a value pack piece of content so but but if, if andrew's posting that once you know once every two days it odds of me watching that right probably aren't gonna totally happen. agree same yes. way with like these big podcasts that you see that are number one in the world. The only person that's really doing it like daily is Joe Rogan, but that guy's just got such a wide range of, of guests on the show that it's kind of like you can pick and choose who you want to listen to. And I think with the TikTok, I think the reason they're saying to post eight to 10 times is or day is because nine of those videos could flop, but it literally just takes like one random video to all of a sudden now you just, you know, go viral 
and now you know you have your audience or you have mm -hmm. your niche. But if with you TikTok, yeah, it, it's different. With sorry to interrupt, with TikTok, it's just it's different because that algorithm is just feeding you. It's the for you page. With Instagram, yes. because it's more people you follow, then you would see five posts in a row by the broke agent, like five memes. You get sick of it. TikTok, you're mm -hmm. actually seeing people from from other places that you don't follow. If you post ten times a day on Instagram, I. I can't hit the unfollow button fast enough. That's yeah. all, you know? <laughs> all right, on to number two. Agents are not using analytics with their social media, meaning that they are not checking their data. They're not seeing when the right time to post is. Eric, I'll start with you on this one. Mm -hmm. I have people on my team, like Amanda refuses to post on any days that are not like Tuesday, Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. I just, I do like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. I don't really look at the analytics. Probably should do a better job of it. Do you look when the right time to post is? Um, and how do you feel about this? Haley and I just talked about this in a live in the Coffee and Contracts you, Facebook you guys, group. You guys talk about everything? You, what, yeah, how, we do. How, you guys communicate every, yeah. every, every single day. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> we were talking about how you shouldn't necessarily post at the top of the hour. And this is from Instagram coach Brock 11 Johnson, because that's when everybody is posting. Everybody is scheduling out their feed posts for 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So if you're doing that when everyone's posting at the same time, maybe spread it out 11, 10, 11, 15. But honestly, it doesn't matter when you post as long as you're not posting at like 2 or 3 a.m. So I think the major takeaway with analytics is check your engagement because that's obviously going to you know give you feedback on what's actually working. And there's a new analytic that everybody should check once you actually – it comes to your phone because I don't have it on the broke agent account, but I have it on the BAM account. It is watch retention. So you could see when people mm. bail out of your video. So you could actually see like, oh, people only watch 14 seconds of this. That's a problem. My video was a minute long. What happened at the 14 second mark to get people to bounce the hell off? So yes. watch retention. And watch retention is big on YouTube as well, uh, especially yeah. with like the vlogs and, and some of these things. Like you can kind of see a spike anytime Andrew speaks, uh, the spike goes up. Anytime yep. Eric talks, the spike goes down. Everyone so, yeah. yep. uh, you know, watching your analytics. Haley, how do you feel about posting on the weekends? Like I feel like posting on a Saturday afternoon or like a Sunday afternoon could be uh, detrimental. But I do feel like yeah. a Sunday night post is, you know, people are on their phones, they're scrolling, right? Yeah. I mean, I typically try to avoid like Friday after a certain time and then Saturday is just like a no-go. And then Sunday, I think it's fair game for like afternoon, evening, because everybody I feel like is just having the Sunday scaries scrolling on their phone. I just try to think about like what people are doing. I typically like I post in the morning and I just don't think about like what time it is too much. I'm just like people are going to look at this at lunch and <laughs> post it during the week. But right. I don't post on Saturdays, really. Andrew, do you have any any uh, special days that you post on? Well, look, I got 5,000 followers on Instagram, and it's like a big deal for me. I'm sitting around people with like, what, what, what do you guys have between the three of you? A million? I don't even know why I'm asked my opinion on this. The only thing I actually watch is um, how many people watch my stories because it's just so easy and it's there. And I do find, I mean, I'm getting like 500 people to tune into this. And as just a real estate agent entrepreneur, I'm like, this is fascinating. I can just at any point in time probably get 500 people to, to hear this message. So I always try to drop a little nugget of value. It's not just me being silly. Like, like this morning I said, Hey, what am I tolerating that I shouldn't? And what decision do I need to make? Cause I think a lot of us in, in this community as real estate professionals, we end up listening to ourselves all the time. And sometimes that can be bad, but you have to talk to yourself as corny as it sounds like, Hey, what decision do I need to make? That kind of stuff helps me. And you just capture it on the stories. But yeah. my question for you guys on this topic is, because I'm literally taking, I just took a bunch of notes on this because I'm going to go have a meeting with my marketing guys after this. <laughs> so we're in these debates. If you had a great piece of content and you posted it like a big no-no on Saturday at noon, but the content was fire, do you think that would really have a huge impact on how that piece of content did versus if you did it at the perfect Thursday at 2 p.m., at 2.15, not the top of the hour, Eric? Great point there. Thank you. Um, Great point, Eric. Two points. Like, is that like, do you guys agree? Is that like, oh yeah, you'd get 50% less. I don't I, think you'd I, get 50% less. I think good content is good content. Just like you said, like people can attribute a lot of their poor performing posts to the time that it was posted or people weren't by their phones is a classic excuse I used to use. But there is a problem with Instagram right now that I've noticed where because they're doing all these updates and they're unleashing this meta verified that the Instagram algorithm is so all over the place that there's days where engagement is completely non-existent. Well, I'll post on the broke agent page. And I won't get a comment for five minutes, which 
never, you know, hasn't happened in years. Delete, and delete, delete, delete. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think now you kind of got to test the waters a little bit and see what's actually happening that day. I know this is like very specific to this time because Instagram is still trying to, you know, find its sea legs, I guess, um, you know, as they're making all these updates. But if it's a great piece of content, you post it Saturday at 12 as opposed to Wednesday at one, maybe you'll get 1% more engagement. So I don't think I would worry about that. I'm going to argue against Eric on that because I'll move. Or, or I'll, I'll post something, right? And this guy will tell me like the slightest little thing that I did wrong. The iota of like the caption does not, is not in the right spot or the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the verbiage is off by, by a centimeter. And this guy will be like, yep, that's going to kill the engagement. You know, you're not going to get the shares. You're not going to get the likes. <laughs> so how are you going to tell me that posting at a certain time is not, is not the right? These things are completely unrelated. Posting at the right time has nothing to do with where the positioning is with the caption. If you put your, your captions with the text that's like above the actual context of the video, you're going to interfere with the humor in the video. If you, right. if the text isn't above or in the right place or it's be, being cut off by the feed, that will affect the video. It's so different than posting at, you know, two o'clock on a Saturday. Or if you like have it. To huh? a science, Eric had like, if I wish there were like a behind the scenes of like, you know, posting content with Eric of like how this guy takes it so serious. There's so many little things that you got to make sure in the right right place you gotta have a trending audio all these little things to make sure that you get the maximum i can't believe you just challenged dr clickstein on that the course <laughs> is current events not ancient history you're in the wrong classroom young man yeah, i wouldn't absolutely. do that again because he let you off easy professor <laughs> clickstein professor clickstein professor clickstein now i've graduated all right last point here and then we're gonna move on to the next topic the the last point that i thought was interesting was neglecting the importance of engagement kind of like we were just talking about um, and how important engagement really is. You see agents kind of posting the same content for maybe a month and then they give up on it, right? Because they're not getting the likes, they're not getting the comments, they're not getting the shares. As Again, Eric, I'm going to start with you because uh, you are uh, obviously engagement is how you make your money and, and it's your livelihood. Uh, for the newer agent trying to grow their brand, how important is engagement on their posts? Is it kind of something that you should just be posting and not can really be concerned about anyway? No. So this is talking about neglecting the importance of engagement with people, I think. So that was the myth is that if you're not responding back to people, building a loyal following or fostering a community, that's a problem. And I do agree with that. This is a part of Instagram that I ignore a little bit too much. I am not responding to everybody in my comments. Look at Matt Leonetti. When he posts something, he responds. It's like he carves out a two hour window where he is responding to literally everybody. You do the same thing. Haley, I don't know if you do it on the coffee and contracts page. I, I think you do a little bit. Andrew, you only get two comments, so it's pretty easy to just respond back. To oh, I always respond, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that part of, of building your uh, community is really important because if you're not responding back to people, people aren't going to comment as much, and it doubles your comments. So that's my, my take. Haley, yeah, I think engagement. I think it, I try to. Um, you'll notice like some posts – you'll see people are commenting and I'm responding. And then the next post, it's just like, I'm nowhere to be seen. And it's just like, you know, I just let it slide, um, which I shouldn't, but I do think it's so important. And it really helps like, especially as a, a membership community, it really helps me to just like foster that community and like build relationships with our customers. So it's actually, I think like one of the most important things to do. And I've really been like trying to focus on that more and go also like, we always make sure to, I mean, it's easy for us, like compared to a real estate agent, if someone tags us because they're using coffee and contracts, we always make sure to go like show support, like it, comment. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been big for us, but, um, and also big for real estate agents to, like we were talking about this yesterday um, on our live in the coffee and contracts group about how agents can um, really grow their accounts by connecting with other local business owners, because when you're showing support to like another business owner in the area, they'll likely reciprocate and you'll also be seen by people in the comments and they'll say, you know, that's another way that you can be discovered. But yeah, I think it's important. You know, it's, I got something fun. to say here, Dan, I gotta, I gotta say this. Cause you know, you guys have these big giant media companies. I got to bring this back to reality for the rest of us outdoor cats trying to hunt and kill deals and make money for our families. We all don't have massive platforms like you guys. You just get to talk about content. We actually go out there and sell stuff here on the mean streets of Baltimore. So here's a pro tip. 
Now, back <laughs> when I just got started and I'm trying to sell houses, this is, this is about engagement. What I used to do, and I still do it from time to time, and I definitely coach a lot of our, our sales partners on our team to do this. If you have a post, doesn't matter what, hey, just sold this house, generic post, still image, video, doesn't matter. Anyone that likes that post or hearts it on Instagram or engages in any capacity, send them a private message. So I used to do this every time. I'd have a post and I'd get like 32 likes on the post, right, on Facebook. I'd see, here's all the people who liked it, and I'd send them a nice message. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for liking that post. I'm not really comfortable posting this stuff all the time. I hear I should do it, but it means the world when people like you reach out and show support. And you start all these conversations with real people. Um, and that's something that we all could just do, and it's so simple. Now, not as when you're as big as you guys, okay, because you're not doing the Leonetti seven-hour no, plan. I can't do that to 15,000 people on each post, Andrew. That'd be very difficult. <laughs> Well, there's AI for that. We covered it in the last section. Hey, but... More, more, more. You That's true. Yeah, you can set up a mini chat to have any kind of like keyword you can have a different response for in the DMs, right. but that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's that's a little messed up to just yeah. have for a robot guys, talking though, to people. For us little guys, though, when you can start a two-way conversation and you show some gratitude for people who are interacting with you, I think it does go a long way. And it's such a simple thing to do that you can put in your little marketing mix or your daily mm -hmm. discipline. And I think you'd sell more houses if you did it, quite frankly. And it's all about that engagement. Even if you have a little engagement, you yep. can take action to really triple, quadruple down on it. You don't have to have 15,000 likes to have 20 real conversations with, with people about real estate. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great action we'll take. Eric, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we should get this guy some followers. This, what, yes. what are you at right now, Andrew? I don't even, I don't even think I'm at 5,000. I'm okay. a little ashamed of it, actually. Okay. So let's make him less ashamed of it. Let's get that number above 5,000 today. If yes. you're listening to this podcast, make sure you follow Undem. It is at underscore, not underscore. It's just at U-N-D-E-M, correct? At Undem, like not dumb. Okay. Yeah. Every time I post, I get undumb. Like he's probably smart. Now look, every <laughs> time I post on TikTok or anywhere, I get shit on so hard with the comments that I look like Ryan Surham, but they say like, I'm a discount version. I'm the Walmart version. He's the oh, Make-A-Wish like version. <laughs> yeah, and it's just relentless, but I kind of do like it. So thank you for the shout out, Eric. The, Hell yeah. the way that I look at the, uh, the Elite seven hour strategy, and I kind of do the same thing. I look at it, and, and Andrew, that was a, a great idea too, especially if you're getting maybe a little bit less, but I look at it like these people are taking the, the time out of their day to like and comment, right, on your stuff, show support. So I'm going to spend the time to, you know, thank them for, for doing that. And mm. that, that's how I've been able to build a little bit of a community, Facebook, Instagram, all of the above. On to topic, the next one. And, and speaking, wait, hold on. Speaking of becoming a uh, Instagram and marketing expert or pro, if you're interested in taking your marketing game from rookie to rock star, from Andrew to Eric, look no further than Jason Pantana's marketing pro. We are true believers that marketing can make or break your brand or business. Becoming a marketing pro by purchasing one of all of his three modules, Cracking the Social Code, Google Business Boss, and Inbox Hero, our listeners will also get a 10% discount by using code BAMPRO at checkout. Visit www.tomferry.com backslash MBP to learn more. Great ad read. I got to say, Jason Pantana, every time that guy speaks, you like, you better pay attention and sharpen your pencil because he just comes, he just hits you with it. He hits you with it. He does. So he, I bet that in, product's pretty good. Yeah. Inbox Hero, Dan. That sounds pretty fun, huh? All right. Well, speaking of Inbox right. Hero, on to topic number three and experts on social media. Uh, topic number three by BAM Staff. Expert panel predicts where home prices are going in 2023 and beyond. The findings from the Zillow survey provided a mixed outlook for the U.S. housing market. Buyers will welcome the news that economists predict a bottoming out of home prices in 2023. But with a forecasted slide in home sales, inventory will remain an issue for those in search for a home. The survey also indicates that mortgage rates are likely to reach their highest point for the year in quarter one, with the median respondent expecting a 6% rate by year's end. Looking ahead to 2027, who's going to win the World Series in 2027? Homeowners can, <laughs> homeowners can expect their equity to grow, though not as qu quickly as it did from 2020 to 2022. High mortgage rates have had predictable consequences for property values and home sales across the U.S., though low inventory also plays a role. Last part here, and this will be in the show notes, according to the Zillow Home Price Expectation, 
the ZHPE survey, <laughs> experts on the housing market expect home prices to decline by a total of 1.6% this year, followed by a steady uptick in 2024. Andrew, what are you seeing? I mean, thanks market? for coming to me because you know what? I got to tell you, these predictions are just so benign. It's so politics. They say a lot of words without saying anything at all. Who are they surveying for one? Hey, our survey says it's a mixed. Some yeah. people think it's going up. Some people think it's going down. Some people think the rates are going to go up. Some people think it's going to go. Down. Well, this is earth shattering news. I'm glad I can take action on it. Now, if you want the real prediction, I'll give you a bold prediction right now. Okay. Did you, did you get it from chat GPT by asking what the prediction? No, I get it because I exist in the real world and I'm in, out here smelling it, tasting it, doing deals every day. You know, like yourself, Dan O'Neill. See, I made the mistake one time. I didn't realize Dan O'Neill selling like three houses a day every day. Long Island, all, all over Florida. So I apologize from two sessions ago. But the amount of sales, of course, are going to go down just because the rates are up. I think, that's, I think that's fair to say. Now, will the rates top out at the, at the end of the first quarter? Impossible to know. And everyone knows this is impossible to know. So it's almost foolish to even make these predictions because all you can do is operate on what you're going to do today. What are you going to do today as an individual, as a buyer, as a seller, as a real estate consultant, or however you see yourself to your clients? You got to focus on what you're going to do today. Yes. In pretending to make these predictions, which everyone likes to do because it's fun to talk about. Zillow just threw out seven predictions there. They've been historically <laughs> abhorrent at making predictions. <laughs> I love their little AI price index, ZP, whatever the hell they're calling yeah. it. How many billions did they lose on their algorithm? Well, I can't wait to hear what Zillow has to say. Well, with rates seemingly on the rise, record low, record low of inventory, looking at the data right now, quarter one really is the best time to be a seller, uh, in my opinion, and looking at fact and data. And right now probably isn't the best time to be a buyer. Um, experts like us are suggesting by the end of the year that by <laughs> quarter four, hopefully rates will drop um, and this will flip-flop. So it'll be a good time to buy at the end of the year, like a July time. Uh, and it won't be the best time to be a seller. So right now, I mean, in my market, we're seeing lines like every single buyer that I'm taking out. There's lines. Showings are riddled throughout the entire day. Open houses are crazy busy. No inventory. And the people that have to buy that are pregnant, that are getting married, that whatever, um, you know, they're they're still bidding over ask. Um, Eric, what is your <laughs> speaking of experts? Well, what, what, what is your prediction here? <laughs> I mean, I got no prediction for the housing market, but I do want to ask you guys, Dan and Andrew specifically, when your client says something like, hey, what is the housing market going to look like in six months? What do you tell them? What, what's your response to that? Because you do kind of have to make a prediction. So what do you have lined up for that? Well, you have to go off the past data. So you say, here's what we know historically. Here's what some people are saying in the future, but no one actually knows. And what a lot of people are saying is, oh, right now is the best time to be a seller because the inventory is low. Who's to say it's not lower in April and the beginning of Q2? Who's to say inventory is not lower in Q3? So that's why you got to be really careful when you make these predictions because all everyone's going off of is the current set of facts and we're in an ever-changing world. Who knows what China and Russia does or Jerome Powell does next week? Now might be the best time to buy. You know, oftentimes the contrary opinions are often true. Shout out to chat. Here's another thing I use for chat GPT because I have strong opinions loosely held. Okay. If you take a stance, I like to ask chat GPT, what's the counter argument? Because the most prepared people when you're negotiating or you're having a debate, particularly an intellectual debate on data that we don't even have yet. And we're just looking at historical data that's already four months old to really understand the other side. So you'd say, hey, is now the best time to be a seller? Well, low inventory, it's historically low, and it might go back up, and the rates might go back up, and the inventory might go low, and the builders are having a hard time. <laughs> okay, what's the counter argument? Why would be the, next, the best time to buy? Hmm. And you'd get a ton of good, a ton of good data. Yeah, I, I think the, it all goes back to motivation, right? So what I'm asking everybody is, you know, where are you living right now? Do you need to move, right? What's the motivation behind it? How long do you see yourself in this home? So for some people, like I just took a, a buyer out and they're in a great position renting for little to next to nothing for the last five years. They're not really that motivated. They'll, they'll buy when they need to buy. Uh, on the other hand, I have somebody that is now, I, I'm giving away her pregnancy announcement, but she's one of my best friends growing up. She's pregnant and they need to move immediately. So congratulations, how, how, right? Congratulations. How long do you see yourself uh, living in this home? This is my 20 to 30 year home. Well, then my advice is going to be different for both of those different people. So it really just depends on situations and motivations. 
That, that Dan, you nailed it there because we're not in a vacuum. When you make these blanket statements, it, it makes it seem like everybody's in the exact same place in their lives with their age, with their income, with their credit score, with what financing options are available, what market it is. And Baltimore is much different than Tampa yeah. or Long Island. And everybody's situation is so unique, which is why, yeah, it's good to have a 10,000 foot view. And here's kind of the big swaths of information that could come and affect everybody. But your situation is so unique. Even us four in this room, if we were looking to buy, it'd be wildly different based on your cash position and everything else. So you really just got to peel back the onion and get to treat people like human beings. And it's really hard to answer that question, Eric, unless you really go deeper. You have to be a master at a answering a question with a question, not to be evasive, but to truly understand, like every good salesperson knows. Um, I, 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 I just gave somebody the advice to, to not buy. I've told them the honest to God truth. If you see yourself only here for two or three years and you want to go down to Florida and, and, and join me in Haley and St. Pete, uh, I, I would suggest continuing to rent, right? It does, doesn't make sense to buy right now. Let's, let's revisit this in six to eight months and go over the pros and cons. Uh, but, but, but that's not just the takeaway tactic, Danny. I know you turned around, you plummeted them into debt. You took your commission <laughs> and you added to your numbers. You want to be the number one team. That's the takeaway stuff. They, they did submit an offer that day. Uh, <laughs> hey, you shouldn't buy this. You don't like all this Caesar stone, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Haley, what are, any predictions here? How many? Can you give us a prediction on over and under how many Manhattans or old-fashioned this guy Eric is going to shug for his wedding this weekend? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't give any uh, predictions on real estate. I, um, any, I'll listen any to you predictions, guys. Any predictions about anything? Because I can't also get predictions oh. about real estate. Predictions about anything. Oscars. You think I might get a couple of followers Sports. today? Does anyone watch this show? How, yeah. many, how many shows people are watching this? Am I going to get like 40,000? Let's predict how many people are going to watch this. Okay. What, I, I are we going to get one, like 10? I, I predict 1.9 thousand views and I predict Ooh. 89 likes. So make sure if wow. you're watching this right now, let's hit that number exactly 89 likes, 1.9 thousand views. Well, you don't have how time to respond likes? to them. You don't have time to respond to all 89, do you, Eric? <laughs> no, I don't, actually. <laughs> Last week, we had 125. No, I'll slide in there and respond. Yeah, uh, thank you. From Lindsay, Joe, and Co. All right, anyway, we, we're running out of time here. We've got to go on to topic number four. Uh, wish Eric uh, well for his wedding here. My prediction is that you will not. <laughs> you will not be able to keep a straight face while you uh, give your vows uh, at your wedding on Saturday. All right, those privately, thank God. I would not put myself in that position. <laughs> All right. Topic number four is, is it worth it? The cost risks of 10 traditional marketing tactics. The article will be in the show notes. And to summarize, because we are running a little bit out of time here, Inman is going over 10 tactics. And if they believe it is worth the money and where the best ROI is uh, for your business. And I'm going to run through these uh, rather quickly uh, and ask you guys where you think the best ROI is. So Inman goes on to suggest that paying for automated marketing services. So, uh, dishing responsibility off of yourself, spending money outsourcing and hiring again, kind of, you know, highest and best use of time, spending money on past clients for the holidays. There's always great ROI on that and boosting social media posts, leaving marketing tools. I'm sorry, uh, leave marketing tools and subscriptions unchecked. So this is something that I just recently did and with the new year. I went through uh, what I was spending money on and I just tried to find one thing that I could take out of my, my budget or a subscription wise. Cause I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have coffee and contracts for three years, not a big deal, uh, premium <laughs> member, but I have so many subscriptions. So I went through and I checked and I actually saved myself almost about three grand a month on stuff that I wasn't using. You know, you know how you could also save three grand a month, not buying six gray goose bottles at the club on Fridays and Saturdays. <sighs> and that's why people love them. Don't stop doing that, that, Danny. Danny deals. Month. Keep up with the great goose. You know, also I could save three grand, Eric, by not flying. Not my coming to my wedding. Yeah. Believe me. Exactly. Believe me. It costs, costs a couple grand per person. I got to feed you a steak now. Just because you DM me on Instagram four weeks ago. I got to feed you a steak. I got to golf with you two days. I basically, I'm basically getting married to you at this point. <laughs> oh my. All right. And then lastly, uh, Invent suggests letting go of buying leads and solely uh, relying on past clients and referrals, which I think is absolutely diabolical, but everybody is in a different situation. Haley, where are you seeing the best ROI in your marketing? And what would you, what would you suggest from this article that agents uh, take with them? Um, coffee and contracts is the best. <laughs> Just kidding. No. It is. Um, it is. Three years, it, it is. It is. But um, I mean, honestly, I don't do... I don't personally do any like boosting social media posts. I don't really do any paid ads. I do like all 
organic. Um, and a lot of where I see like, you know, our business getting more members in terms of that, I mean, it's different for real estate agents, um, would be affiliate marketing, like our partners partnering with people. Um, so that's probably our, our best ROI is our affiliates and partners. But, Andrew, um, but it's, from, Oh, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I was just saying in, ter like, in terms of marketing tools, I, I, we don't really don't use that many other than like Canva and whatnot. Andrew, aside from you physically being out in the field, like an outdoor cat that you are, where do you see the best ROI in your business? I mean, you just spent what, $20,000 on a new camera and a new, this guy just bought, I don't know, 30 awards behind him from trophyawards.com for his setup. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, here's the one thing I, I really want to just eviscerate like eight of those points, but I'll just give you the one. One of them is talking about holidays and past clients. And, and in this industry, we have this fetish with the word past clients. We got to take care of our past clients. We're the only business in the world that calls people past clients like doctors and lawyers. Oh, that's my past agent, my past client. If you call someone a past client, you're their past agent. It's so stupid. I can't even get over it. That's all like my brain started frying when I heard that one. Oh yeah. Well, you holidays for your past clients because they're in the past mm. and we don't give a shit about past clients. It's almost as stupid as when people say you have to treat your business like a business. Oh, thanks for that one. I'm glad I came to the seminar. Tom, it's, cool. I hope you're listening. I'm sure treat you your business like a business. Today. Well, first of all, you shouldn't treat it like a business. You should treat it like a practice. Okay. Cause practices, businesses have customers, practices have clients and they don't have past clients. They just have clients. Okay. So if the one thing that I would do on, on all those things, and look, we pay for leads and we have, we do all kinds of things and probably half of them are right and half of them are wrong. And I'm still learning. Okay. Just like everybody else, but you treat your client as someone that you're going to be with forever. See, most people want to have forever clients, but they don't have a forever plan, which is why my, my partner, Alan Dalton, ex CEO of realtor.com, had a research and development at Berkshire Hathaway's came out with a real estate lifestyle planning guide because a lot of people don't have a plan for real estate for their whole life. It's like, it's like a financial plan, but for realtors. And we're actually labeling June is, is the real estate planning month here at Berkshire Hathaway mm -hmm. Home Services, little company. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, they, they, they co-sign on this stuff. I'm not sure if they're smart. They're sitting on two trillion and a hundred billion dollars in sales. But anyway, enough of the past client stuff. I'm yeah. over it. I love that. I, took it, I wrote that down. Yeah, it's, it's really almost as bad as listing presentations. Why are we talking about listing? What's a listing? It's not even a word. Comps. We're out here talking about comps and listings. No one knows what that is. What, what do you What do you call a listing presentation? Yeah, what do you mean? Pitch? Well, it's a customized home marketing proposal. Dan, thanks for asking. Wow. Look, <laughs> that's you know, a mouthful. Has, huh? has anybody Sam, ever said, "Oh, hey, I can't wait for Dan O'Neill to come over to give me my listing presentation"? Can someone give me three <laughs> listing presentations? Make sure the kids are up. We want them to be up for this. We got a listing presentation tonight, guys. <laughs> A listing, you know where that term came from is because when you used to sell your house, you'd go down to the corner store and you'd put the house on there mm -hmm. as a listing and you were the de, de facto listing agent. It doesn't even yeah, have right. representational value. At least buyer's agents have representational value. Ah, anyway. What do, you, what, do you, what do you call yours? So you don't call it a listing presentation? What do you call yours? Well, it's a customized home marketing proposal. I call it what it actually is. Well, so do you think that they're saying, oh, honey, Andrew's coming over at 6 p.m. Make sure you turn on the lights. <laughs> For a glass of wine, Andrew's coming over for a customized marketing proposal. You think you think that's better? Uh, that's believe better. it or not, I do think that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, and no, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I know we don't have time. I could, I could share that I with know. you because you got to be confident, collaborative, consultative, and in control. And not a listing presentation is about you, not about them. Okay. You know, if you make it about you, 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 everyone's number one. Hey, I'm number one. This Look guy, at all. And hey, you know, we're like going on an the interview. Final boss of six thousand seminars, all in one. <laughs> where he's just He's like a DJ spitting out different phrases he heard at Tony Robbins and Tom Ferry and Grant Cardone. Like, I mean, it. You, but we gotta, put it into practice, guys. Memory of an elephant. We just we put it into practice, you know. Yeah. Well, I, well, speaking of practice, I actually love the fact I've never thought of it that way, and I think that's a really good takeaway: is treating your business like it's a practice. Think about like a, mm -hmm. a dentist office, right? They say, "Oh yeah, we have uh, you know fifty six hundred clients." They, they don't say we have fifty six hundred past clients. Where's my past clients? I hope I never see them again. Yeah. So stupid. All right, Eric. <laughs> any takeaways from this article? Are, are you just on wedding mode right now? You're just no. I'm I'm good. I was I'm I'm fired up. You know, I I am on wedding mode actually because this is happening in four days. But mm -hmm. I, in terms of what I get the most ROI in from this list on Inman, I think the boosting social posts. I don't do it too often, but when I do do it, 
I always do it to a post that has already started crushing. This is not a revolutionary uh, statement I am making here. Everybody knows this, but if you have something that's already crushing organically on Facebook and Instagram, that's the one you definitely want to toss a little bit of money behind. But all your stuff mm -hmm. crushes, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard. So I guess I boost everything then. I, I haven't been able to boost a post in three years. It is incredibly infuriating. Uh, I wish I had the ability to uh, boost posts, but I actually meta. haven't been able to either. So I just gave up on it. Like no Wait, you guys, credit cards just keep getting declined. What do you mean you can't boost your post? <laughs> no, there's just there's no customer support with <laughs> and Instagram. Like you can't call anybody. You can't you can't DM me. There's there's nothing. There is nobody yeah. and nothing. Yeah, I got to call my dentist. Them. I want to go. I want to go back to my dentist's office after all this talk and get get this Invisalign restructured at the bottom of my teeth. I just paid ten thousand dollars and I have fangs sticking out of my molars. <laughs> uh, all right, listen. Anyway, final thoughts here as we wrap up the show. This is uh, Eric's last show as a uh, as a single man here. Not single, but as a not married man. Uh, any final thoughts, Andrew? You crushed Haley as always. Thank you for coming on. You did an amazing job, Eric. Yeah, you know. I got, a, I got a question for Andrew. You're married, right? Yeah. Any advice for the wedding day? Well, you know, you got to soak it up. It does go by fast. I got a bunch of cliche, corny <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I've, I've heard um, that 6,000 times. Everyone's like, just take him I remember my grandfather so said, he did say this, your job when you're married is just to remain lovable. Your job, be lovable. Be someone that's easy to love. And I took that to heart because like sometimes, you know, we're all the busy life, but you know, your wife deserves it. And it's just, if you can remain, just be lovable. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Don't fly off. They just be lovable and everything's going to be fine. Love that. Haley, any, any advice for Eric here as he, as he gets married? <laughs> um, I, no. Okay. <laughs> Dan, Dan, what about you? I'm, my I piece of advice for you is not to consume 1,000 uh, old fashions on Friday night. And my second piece oh, of advice is to avoid eye contact with me the entire time. <laughs> mm. Don't worry. Where you are seated, you will not be able to see me without binoculars. I assure you that. Hey, Eric, I got one we'll last thing. There's three rings that go on when you get married. First, you have the engagement ring. Then you have the wedding ring. And then third, you have the suffering Okay. So just be lovable. You're going to get through it. You've already been with her for a long time. Everyone How much is that it. suffering ring? I thought I've already handled the first two. I, I can't, I don't know if I can do it. Well, it's eternal. One. It's eternal. Right. So, I mean, you got, yeah. All right. If you love, if you love Eric, if you love Andrew, if you love Haley, throw us a like, throw us a comment here. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. As always, let's get this. What'd you say? 85 likes, 85 comments, 89 uh, likes, 1.9 thousand views. Wish me yes. a happy wedding in the comments. I'm going to be in Thailand for the next two weeks. So Danny deals, this is your show yeah. for the next two weeks. So I will not be your co-pilot here. So thank you. May the force be with you. <laughs> what, what, where, where in Thailand? Fuck it. <laughs> no, I don't Bangkok. Know. Bangkok actually. Yeah. Bangkok. Koh we, and then some other place. I, don't, I didn't book it. I don't Do you know. have tweezers in your hands right now? Is, a, is that a pen? What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, tweezers. It's a pen. Have you no, seen one of these before? I'll stick this in your eyes when you fly. Uh, when you come out bash, to I'm going to bash the, the wood I got you for I'm your I'm going to take my seven iron straight to the back of your head. Hunt you like a... All right, listen. Thank you very much, everybody. I really appreciate you guys coming. That's it for uh, for this week's walkthrough. Haley, thanks for tolerating that. Kick your head thank in. You. Thank you. <laughs> it was great. Thanks for having Rotten me. Rotten hell, Dan. <laughs>